the reason I wanted to talk about disrespecting the spirit of God is because when we don't listen, when we don't seek him, when we don't ask for him to interact and inject himself in our life, we miss out on seeing something that only he can do. Humans can only go so far. Their power is only so far. But the spirit of the living God, his power is not even challenged. He can do anything at any time with any of us. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. Guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles, coming back with you for another week. Another week, guys. We get to do this together uh, another week. I've got to say, I have a new something. I have a new something. <laughs> I, um, I had an amazing weekend with my family this weekend. It was different. It was special. I don't know. I think it's probably because I had a very... I would say one of, I've had lots of moments with the Holy Spirit, but on Saturday morning, very, very early, I had like one of those moments where he is so tangible, it was overwhelming. It wasn't a moment, it was about an an hour and a half, two hours, where I felt like there was such a freedom And I just had such an incredible experience with the Holy Spirit, um, with his direction in my life, with the good shepherd and um, with my father on Saturday. And I, it's like, I didn't want to leave that spot. Like I could feel myself sweating because I was sitting outside, (laughs) but I wasn't ready to leave um, my spot with Jesus. And so I, I ended up after all that time, I don't know where my kids were. But after all that time, I was able to get up and I went in my kitchen to get breakfast ready for my family, turned on a little CC Winans and was still crying and still emotional. My husband is like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, nothing's wrong. It's just so, so right. And my kids were coming in like, Bob, what's wrong with you? I'm like, nothing's wrong. It's just so right. And it was like, uh, it was just really precious. So I am carrying that over with me today. Today, we are going to talk about... Do you underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit? How appropriate (laughs) is this? Um, You know, God planned this because this was planned way before Saturday. I'm so excited to talk to you about that today. I also, I have a couple things to do uh, before we get into that. We launched such an amazingly awesome, wonderful, totally fresh, brand new website And we are stepping in to a new season here at the, at the ministry. I've been doing ministry for a long time. I've been doing a lot with, um, you know, women's ministry and books and all that kind of stuff for a really, really long time. But there's just something exciting about what I feel like the Lord is calling me into. And a couple months ago, our team was sitting down talking and it was very clear that we needed a new website. And so we have the girls, my team, have worked so hard, you guys, like so many hours, so many hours. 
of going back and forth and making sure that our, our brand new site is right. We literally scrapped the entire old site and we have completely redone it. And I'm really proud of it. I'm proud of them. They put a lot of hard work in it, a lot of texts, a lot of emails, a lot of like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do here? And man, it looks so, so beautiful. So we have worked on this for months and um, it is up. I want you to go. I want you to check it out. And just, I, I don't know, this is, the, it, I feel like it's a good representation of who I am. And so, I don't know, I'm really proud of them. I wanted to make that announcement um, before we move into what's happening in my life. I wanted to tell this story. I told my son, my son gave me permission to tell this story. Uh, my son is 14, he's a freshman, and he is in high school. And <laughs> uh, Jude is, you know, his name means praise. I'm so proud of him. I've talked about him a lot lately. There's just so much going on in his life. And I was telling the team before I went on to record, there's so much going on in all my kids' lives right now. Um, it's amazing to see what the Lord is just doing in all their lives. But Sunday... Jude has been helping out in the kids' ministry at our church. So he is serving, which takes him out of the sermon. And, you know, Eddie and I have him. They go to youth, so they, they get a sermon every week. That's very, you know, the word is very important to me. Uh, so they get a sermon every week. But I really felt very strong that Sunday morning he needed to come in with me. To, I call it big church because there was like kids church and big church, big church, you know, with the adults. And so we go and we sit down in church and he's, I think he's happy for the break because kids ministry is absolutely amazing. But, but, you know, once you do it several weeks in a row, you get tired, you need a break. And he came in and sat with me and um, the whole sermon was about the Holy Spirit, which is so crazy how the Lord, I just don't hit me. It's so crazy how the Lord has put this whole show together today, but our pastor was up there and he was talking about the spirit of God, which, you know, I couldn't amen more. I mean, I just, everything he's saying was, it was like straight out of my own brain. Preached a really good message. It was very, lots of scripture, just like I like. And my son was sitting beside me and, you know, Eddie's a pastor at the church. And so he comes like after the worship, he'll come and he'll sit down with us for a little bit before he has to go do what he needs to do at the end of service. And there was a time at the end of service where it was a ministry time, you know, come up for prayer if you need prayer, whatever. And um, I just could sense the spirit moving in him. Eddie put his hand on him. I didn't even know this until afterwards. Eddie put his hand on him. And we just started praying over Jude. He started praying over Jude. I had been praying over Jude Saturday morning. I was really praying over Jude. And we went to lunch. We go to lunch and I'm sitting at lunch and like, like my family is crazy at lunch. You know, the babies, you know, I want a color. I want this. I want that. Give me a biscuit. You know, the whole thing. And Jude, about 10 minutes in, after we ordered, we hadn't got our food yet, but about 10 minutes after we ordered, you know, he always has something to say. He is completely quiet and I'm kind of not paying attention to the fact that he's quiet because everyone else is so loud. But eventually we've eaten our food. He didn't say very much. And we're, we've gotten our check. We're about to, to leave. And he said, mom, that woman over there, I think God, the spirit of God has told me to pray for her. I feel like God wants me to pray for her. 
And I was like, I mean, now he's speaking my language. I was like, oh, my goodness. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Well, if you feel it, you need to obey, you know, all the all the preacher stuff that I say. And he's terrified. Like, he's absolutely terrified to go talk to someone. He's never done this before. This is very new to him. And I turn around and I look and there is a woman and she is an older lady and she's sitting by herself. Now, mind you, we are in a loud family restaurant where after Sunday church, there are families everywhere and they are very loud, including my own. (laughs) But he's focused on this woman and he's like, mom, like, what if she doesn't want me to pray for her? What if she doesn't believe in God? What if she this? What if she that? And I'm like, you cannot, son worry about the what ifs. If God is telling you to get up and to go pray for her, son, he didn't tell me that. So you need to go do it because for some reason, God wants you to do it. He sat there forever and he's still sitting there looking at me and my husband and I are just saying, we're not going to pressure you to do this, but we also, we've done this before. We know it's scary and we support you. He got up. I could cry. He gets up. He walks over to this woman. And I mean, my son is huge. He's a football player. He's growing every day. And this, you know, older woman by herself, high school kid approaching her. He says, hi, woman. (laughs) I'm a Christian. And I really feel like God wants me to pray for you. Would that be okay? And the woman said, of course it's okay. And so she bows her head and he bows his head and he prays for her. And he said, Lord, help her during this time. Give her favor. And he's told us the prayer multiple times. And he said, he said, amen. And he looked up at her and she was smiling from ear to ear. And he said, I don't know, like if you're going through anything or whatever, but I, but God sent me to you to tell you that he sees you. This is my 14 year old son saying this to this lady. And the lady looks at him and says, I just lost my husband. My husband just died. And Eddie looks, uh, Jude looks at her and says, God actually told me that your husband had just died. They end their little conversation. He comes out and we just have a moment with our son who is himself filled with the spirit because he operated in the spirit. He was the hands and feet of Jesus to this older woman whose husband had just died. We celebrated the whole way home. And like, you know, obviously we called grandma and grandpa and told them about it. It was like a big thing. But I I tell you that story because of what we're getting ready to talk about. The spirit of God can descend and wants to descend and wants to show himself and wants to work through you. It doesn't matter how old, how young, it doesn't matter any of those things. How many times you go to church a year, how many whatever, how much money you have, how many pastors you know, how much of the Bible you know, do you have a Bible degree or do you not? The Spirit of God simply wants a willing vessel. 
He doesn't care about any of those other things. And I'm telling you what, the Lord was able to use Jude on Sunday for that woman. And we talked about it. We celebrated it. But I'm telling you this, that child, my son, will never forget that. She'll never forget it. But he'll never forget it. The fact that he was obedient and how his soul was rewarded when he realized how desperately she needed a touch from God. So um, it was quite a weekend. I was so proud of him. I, I'm still so proud of him. And, um, you know, nobody's perfect. He's not perfect. And we've really been praying for him. <laughs> but my goodness gracious. He allowed himself to be you. So I know that was a little bit longer than normal, but I'm just so proud of him. You today, the spirit of God wants to use you to speak to somebody else, just like he used Jude. And gosh, it was amazing. Okay. Talking all about the spirit. Do you disrespect the spirit of God? It's going to be good. I'll see you after the break. It's autumn and I want to know, family, what is God doing in your life? If you have a recent praise report about God's faithfulness, we all want to know about it. I want to know, my team wants to know, and your brothers and sisters in Christ that listen to this show want to know. You can share your story by emailing hello at autumnmiles.com or you can direct message me on Facebook or Instagram by searching autumnmiles at the top of the page. I want to hear about it, guys. Let's tell the world what God is doing in your life so we all can be encouraged by your journey of faith. Okay, guys, here we are. Buckle up, buttercup. It's going to be one of those. (laughs) Um, Okay, do you disrespect the spirit of God? Probably yes. Let's just say that. How many of you guys can be transparent enough to say, yes, I have not listened to him at one 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 time or another. Um, I have not sought him at one time or another. Um, I can we I just full transparency. Can we please be not perfect? I certainly have disrespected the spirit of the living God at times. And um, it's not even intentionally that I do it. It's just that, oh, the spirit will be telling me to do something and I'll be like, I'll forget. (laughs) Or, you know, I'll be like, oh, I'm too busy. Or I'll question him. Lord, why? Why are you asking me to do this? All this kind of stuff. The reason I wanted to talk about disrespecting the spirit of God is because when we don't listen, when we don't seek him, when we don't ask for him to interact and inject himself in our life, we miss out on seeing something that only he can do. Humans can only go so far. Their power is only so far. But the spirit of the living God, his power is not even challenged. He can do anything at any time with any of us. He doesn't need a runway. He doesn't need um, really anything for him to show up. He can do what he wants when he wants it. And his power never will be stopped or even slowed. So I wanted to do 
I wanted to just really challenge your heart about the spirit of God. Um, because I feel that we, that those of you that are listening today, I know that we have a, a, a large audience that listens. I feel like some of you just feel like we talked about with the dry bones, dry, you're tired. You know, what, what you actually need is an encounter with the spirit of God. And I, I'm going to show you a couple of places in scripture that talk about people who got it right. They did not disrespect the spirit of the living God. They got it right. They actually expected God to come through. They expected the spirit of God to move. And because they did that, it changed everything. And not only their lives, but in generations after them. And we're still talking about it today. The spirit of God wants to work through you. He wants to meet with you. This does not have to be weird. I grew up very conservative. I know talking about the spirit of God, I I had to learn everything that I know about the spirit of God myself. It wasn't really talked about growing up. It was kind of weird. You know, we would see people, we would go to like conferences and stuff like that as a kid. And we would see people talking about the spirit of God. And it just wasn't, it wasn't welcome. And that's so wrong. It's just so wrong that it wasn't talked about more. I felt like I missed out on a huge piece of God because I never learned about the power of the spirit of God. It does not have to be weird. It is simply the the spirit is simply the spirit of God himself. It is a trinity. If Jesus doesn't weird you out and God the Father doesn't weird you out, well the spirit of God is three in one, guys. It shouldn't either. There are so many different roles of the spirit of God. I today, for lack of time because I'm going to be talking about through a lot of different things, I want to focus on two of the roles of the spirit. Okay. Just two. There are so many more. I would, I would encourage you. I love Francis Chan's book, Forgotten God. I would encourage you to go get a book about the spirit of God. My pastor, Pastor Robert Morris wrote a book, The God I Never Knew. I would encourage you to go get a resource that talks you through um, the spirit of God. It is that important. I don't want you to live your entire life and not have an encounter uh, with the spirit where you actually see the power at work in you. Sunday changed Jude's life. Why? Because he allowed himself to have an encounter with the spirit of God. He will never be a same, the same because of that. And because of that, his faith grew. I want that for each and every one of you. I don't want you to disrespect something that could literally change the course of your life and your family's life and your kids' lives forever the spirit of God. Okay. Today I'm going to talk about two jobs of the spirit. Okay. This is from Jesus himself. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture today. For those of you that are like, Oh, the spirit kind of weird. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture. Everything I'm going to say to you will be backed up with a verse. Okay. It's not just me emotional over here. It's God Jesus, the word of God that will be speaking to you. I think that's so important. This is not like a a feeling that I'm talking to you about. This is an actual literal uh, resource in God himself that you have available to you straight from Jesus's mouth. Okay. So I'm going to focus, like I said, on two, we're going to talk about the God who is our helper when we are weak. So he helps us always in our weakness. When we are weak, 
He helps us. If you feel weak, that's a good recipe for the Spirit of God to show up and help you. He helps us in our weaknesses. Those are two ways that you can be sure that the Spirit of God is ready, willing, and wants to help you in your situation. This comes straight from Jesus. John 16, 7 through 8 says this. But I tell you, this is red letter, Jesus speaking. But I tell you, oh, it's so marked up in my Bible. I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, helper, Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Okay, so Jesus, this is what trips me up. People have no problem. A lot of people have no problem with Jesus. But then when the Holy Spirit gets involved, they're like, oh, whoa, I don't know. That gets really weird. When Jesus himself said, I need to go away. It's for your benefit in John 16 that I go away. Because when I go, I'm going to send the helper. Jesus himself, you love Jesus, said, I got to go away so I can send the helper to you, the Holy Spirit to you. So one of the Holy Spirit's roles is the helper as per Jesus's mouth. Romans 8, 26. Sorry, I'm, I'm checking through these really fast because I want to get to my story and I don't want you guys to sit here and listen to this all day. Romans says this, uh, Romans 6, 26 to 27. And now, the, now the Holy Spirit had already come at this point, but Romans is making the point. This is this is what he he does. Romans nine twenty six is this. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep. Four words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So it says the spirit helps our weaknesses. You know why Paul can say um, when I am weak, then I am strong in, in uh, Corinthians because he knew that when he was weak, the spirit would take over and give him the strength that was better than his own strength if he were strong. The spirit helps in our weakness. If you are weak, if you feel like you need help, that is the perfect recipe for the spirit of God to step in. And it is you that has to ask him to come and to help. Okay. This is as simple as I can put this. You always have help available when you're weak. Always. Your mama, God love her. I love her. She's precious. She made you. I love that. Is not as wise as the spirit of God. <laughs> your aunt, your uncle, your husband, love him. He's precious. Not as wise as the spirit of God. They can offer us wisdom and they can offer us their perspective. But a lot of times the spirit wants to do something that they would never predict he would do. The spirit of God 
needs to be sought when we need help and we are weak, period. Okay? The Spirit of God has an option that mom, husband, aunt, grandma has never thought of yet. The Spirit of God helps in our weakness for when we don't even know what to pray, he knows how to intercede for us before the God the Father, okay? So many of us stop at mom and husband. So many of us don't use the power of the resource available to us and we stop at mom and husband. Well, my mom said is good. It's good advice. Listen, I'm a mom. <laughs> I hope I hope my kids listen to me. But even on Sunday, I had to look at my son and I had to say, this is what I think. But you do what God is telling you to do. If you feel it so strong in you that you need to get up and you need to go talk to that woman, this is what I think. But if God is telling you something different, you do what he is telling you to do. I'm a mom. I want them to listen to me. But so often we stop at human wisdom and we don't go one step further, which is God. I need help. I am weak. Inject yourself in my situation because when we do that, everything changes. He has an option they don't know about. He has a crack in the door that he pushes wide open. He has an opportunity that they never saw coming. He knows the guy who knows the guy who knows the guy who knows the guy that gets you exactly what you were hoping for in the beginning. With. He knows how to speak to the doctor to give you what you need for healing. The spirit of God is the utmost disrespected resource, I think, of all time. We stop at human wisdom and we say, that's good enough. When God wants to show you a piece of his glory. When you're weak and you need help through his spirit. Doesn't have to be weird. Doesn't have to be weird. I want to show you a guy who I love. He is. I mean, I just love him. <laughs> he does this well. I write his story in all my books. Um, he does it well. He did this right. He wasn't perfect, but he did do it right. And I want to give you a very good example of what I'm talking about um, when I talk about he helps in our weakness. I showed you in John. I showed you in Romans. This is what the Holy Spirit's job is. What is your job? What is your job? Do you make coffee at Starbucks? I love those people. I, lo I love my baristas that give me egg bites uh, every morning at Starbucks. Uh, what is your job? What does someone employ you to do? What do you, do you do hair? Do you do what I do? Are you a pastor? Are you a minister? Um, are you a teacher? What do you do? If you are a teacher, for example, um, wouldn't it be weird if school was in session and none of your classmates come to class for you to teach them? Wouldn't that be weird? Wouldn't it be weird if you were someone who does hair and you have appointments all day and no one shows up? Wouldn't that be weird? Wouldn't it be strange if you were uh, working at a coffee shop and you're there, you're ready to work, you're signed in, you're clocked in, and no one ever walks in the door? Wouldn't it be weird if no one ever took advantage of you uh, and actually came to allow you to serve them in the way you are employed? 
But that's what we're doing with the Holy Spirit. He's there. He's ready. He's a teacher ready to teach someone. He's a helper ready to help someone. He, he knows you're weak and he knows that you need him, but you never show up. Or maybe you don't show up as, as often as you should. Jehoshaphat didn't get it wrong. He expected the Spirit to do what he couldn't. Here we go. I'm on my favorite passage. I'm really going through my favorite passages of Scripture um, in this series because they just work every time. Second Chronicles 20. Now, I want to go through this. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. I've talked to this one upside down, side, all, all the way around. Uh, but I, I want to talk through um, this passage. Judah is about to be invaded. Second Chronicles 20. Now it came about after this that the sons of Moab, Ammon, together with the Munites, came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Wage war. That's huge. Then some came and reported to Jehoshaphat, saying, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea. Now, this multitude would have wiped out Judah, period. <laughs> Three groups of people, Moab, Ammon, Munites, bye-bye Judah. They would have been gone, okay? Um, so someone came and said, there's a great multitude coming from on the sea out of Aram. And Jehoshaphat, verse three, was afraid. King Jehoshaphat was weak. He was afraid. He was afraid. He was afraid. He was afraid. You know why I love the Old Testament so much? Um, because these people, we actually get a, a, a piece of their humanity. I love that it says Jehoshaphat was afraid because that means every time I'm afraid, I don't feel so weird. I don't feel so not holy. Or I don't feel so unrighteous. Or, oh my goodness, my faith is not strong. You know why? Because King Jehoshaphat was afraid. <laughs> And that's the proper response in your humanity when there are three groups of people coming up against you that will surely destroy every piece of you. He was afraid. He was weak. I have gotten over the years so much more comfortable saying, I don't know. I'm afraid. I'm scared. I'm hurt. I'm this. I don't have to be strong all the time. You know why? Because that takes the humanity out of me as a person. Because the truth is, I'm not always strong. I'm not always full of faith. I don't always have 100% full, perfect faith like, like Jesus Christ did when he was on the earth. I don't. I love that Jehoshaphat was afraid because of this. It gave humility to him, which is an opportunity for the spirit of God to come in and show off. If Jehoshaphat would have said, I got it in the bag. I am awesome. No problem. Well, that's pride because he didn't because they would have definitely been completely destroyed. There is something beautiful about saying, I am weak, Lord. I am so weak. I am scared. I am terrified. Yes, I have this position, but I'm scared. Because he helps in our weakness. That's the perfect recipe for the power of the Spirit of God, which no army can stop. 
Jehoshaphat was afraid. So this is what he did. Turned his attention to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. So he was afraid. What did he do? He didn't go to his mom. (laughs) He didn't go to his wife. He turned his attention where? To seek the Lord. He knew in whatever it was that they were facing, they were about to face, the Lord was the only answer. And human wisdom and human knowledge was always going to fall flat. Turned his attention to seek the Lord. He proclaimed a fast. So Judah gathered together, verse 4. So Judah gathered together to seek the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. This is what we need to be doing in our churches, you guys. We need to be gathering all together. And we need to be seeking the Lord. This is such a beautiful example of what, when we have the opportunity to come together on Sundays, uh, this is what that gathering can produce. What we're getting ready to see happen in this story, we can see every single week when we gather together and we turn our attention and seek the Lord and ask for the Lord to come in and inject himself in our body of worship. Everyone came together from all cities, all over the place. They came together. What was the point? It wasn't for a feast. It wasn't for, you know, a wedding. It wasn't for a football game. None of those things are bad. It was to seek. The only reason was to seek the Lord. Verse five, then Jehoshaphat stood in the midst of the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And this is what he said. Oh, Lord God, your fathers. I love this because he starts praying in questions. Are you not God in heaven? Are you not a, a ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hands. Did you not? See, I love this. You ever pray in questions? <laughs> Why did this happen to me? Where are you? Do you see what I'm going through? Do you see what they just did to me? How can I get out of this? How did I get into this? Why did they say that to me? Jehoshaphat is so true in this in this prayer because he starts praying in questions and you do too when you're weak and you're scared and you're terrified and you're fearful we all start praying like this where are you have you forsaken me have you forgot about me you see the questions you know he's like asking god dude what's up what's up up do you see what's happening power and might are in your hand did you not and then he makes a statement about what he what uh they had seen god do sometimes this is a good invocation if you're weak and you need help when you start praying in questions he says this did you not oh god drive out the inhabitants of Israel and give it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever. He's reminding God of God's promise to Judah. So a lot of times when we're weak and when we need strength, we start praying in questions, which is exactly what they did. But I want to pick it up in verse nine because it shows you how weak Jehoshaphat is. He says this, should evil come upon us, the sword judgment, pestilence, 
famine, sound familiar? Any of those things, the war, uh, judgment, pestilence would be sickness, famine. We don't have enough. We can't eat. We will stand before this house and before you and cry to you in our distress and you will hear us and you will deliver us. So the Jehoshaphat is reminding the Lord, listen, we're here, we're weak and we need help. He goes on to say, um, verse 12, our God, oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we are what? We're not strong in this moment. We're not, we're not mighty in this moment. We are powerless before this great multitude are coming against us, nor do we know what to do. We're weak. We need help. We're weak. We need help. That's what we see in this prayer of Jehoshaphat going before the Lord, before all of Judah. We're weak. We need help. But our eyes are on you. Now, he prays this prayer, and then he just kind of lets it hang there for a second. He states his peace. We're powerless, Lord. Remember who you are. Remember who, um, who, what you can do. Remember what you promised us. Guess what? All these people are coming against us. We're powerless. We don't know what to do. Then he stops talking. It says this. All Judah was standing there before the Lord with their infants, their wives, and their children. Uh, I didn't talk about this the other day whenever I did this message, but I think this is important. He states his need, and then he stops. He doesn't ramble on for, you know, 365 days. He states their need, and he stops, and he waits for, he was expectant for a response from the Lord. I've said it, now I'm going to stop. And no one seems to have a problem with that. No one seems to be like, wow, this is weird. No one seems to need to get on their phone and scroll through social media to fill the dead air. No one seems need, uh, to need to, to ramble uh, weirdly or turn on a TV and just to, to fill the silence. They just stop talking and they stand in silence because they trust that the Spirit of God is going to tell them what they need to do. This, we all can learn from this, you guys. State your case before the Lord and then stop talking. Give the Lord a room room to speak to your heart. Saturday morning when I was sitting outside and I the Lord had just, oh my goodness, he took me to a passage, uh, an obscure passage of scripture um, that I rarely go to. I've read before, but rarely really dug into before. I'll probably, I'll probably preach it in a month or two. <laughs> It'll probably be my next Jesus initiative, honestly. But it's just a very obscure passage of scripture. And I was stating before the Lord, this is my problem. This is how I'm feeling. This is what is going on, um, Lord. And then I just, somewhere in me, just stopped talking. Lord, I've told you. This is it. This is what's up. This is where I'm at. And I would say about 10 minutes into the silence. Oh, he started speaking so loud. It was so tangible. It was literally, I had my eyes closed, but if I didn't, I would have, I felt like I would have opened my eyes and seen him in the flesh. Sometimes we just need to speak our mind, put our request before him, say, come what may God, this is what I need. Stop talking and sit on the edge of our seats and wait for him. I read this morning in my 
in my devotion um, in Isaiah 30. It says, the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He waits on high to have compassion on you. When he hears your cry, he will surely answer it. Stop talking. Let it be awkward. Turn your radio off. Let the Lord speak his wisdom to your spirit. As soon as um, Jehoshaphat stopped talking and everyone's standing there, like, I mean, we had babies there. We got infants. We got wives. We got everybody. We got children. We got everybody there. Verse 14, then, 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 then. Don't you love a, a then? <laughs> I love a then and a but God in the scripture. I'm obsessed with then and but God. Then. It's like, what? What? Ne- this would make a great movie. Someone should make a movie about Joseph that. Then. Everyone's expected for the then. And God is so faithful to provide it. Then, in the midst of the assembly, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. Now, I don't know if that's how you say his name, but that's what I'm going with. I've said like that for years, and that's what we're going to do. The son of Zechariah, the son of Benai, and the son of Jay, I don't know, guys. The son of Mataniah, you get the picture. Let's move on to 15, verse 15. And he said, okay, I want to say this very clearly. Then in the midst of the assembly, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. In the midst. In the midst of the assembly. In the midst. Notice this. The spirit of the Lord did not come upon Jehoshaphat. The spirit of the Lord chose Jehaziel to speak through. Jehoshaphat was the king. And to me, the, you know, just like all of us. Yeah, of course. Jehoshaphat's the one that, that led the prayer. You would think, oh, of course, you know, he would, he should be the one that the spirit of the Lord would fall on. He's the one that's asking for the, the direction. But no, the spirit of God chose someone randomly in the midst of the assembly. Now, this was the anointed man, but still. In the midst of the assembly, he chose someone. He chose my son at lunch the other day. In the midst of Sunday lunch, he chose Jude. He didn't choose me. He didn't choose his his father. He didn't choose Grace. He chose Jude. In the midst, God wants to choose you to come upon so that you can be his hands and feet to whoever is weak and whoever needs help. In the midst, in the midst, in the midst, in the midst. He wants to use you in the midst. And he said, listen, all of Judah, verse uh, 15. And inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. He said, listen up, King. I got a word for you. (laughs) Thus says the Lord to you. Don't fear. I, it doesn't seem as if um, Jehoshaphat and uh, Jehaziel were best friends. But isn't it interesting that when the Spirit of God spoke to Jehaziel, he spoke to the very thing that Jehoshaphat was feeling. Do not fear. Let me go back. 20 verse 3. Jehoshaphat was afraid. Do not 
fear is the first thing that the spirit of the Lord spoke to Jehaziel to tell Jehoshaphat, listen, I know you're scared. But you don't have to be. When the Spirit of God speaks, He speaks to the very craving, the very longing, the very weakness in our soul to shut it up because He is greater than it. Do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Now, listen, I wanted to make this point, and I don't know that I've ever made it before, but I'm really feeling it. Tomorrow, Go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the valley in front of the wilderness. Listen, you need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. Listen, we are obsessed with the verses. Exodus 14, 14. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord. We're obsessed. And the Instagram so well. We love this verse that you don't need to fight in this battle. Station yourselves. But this is what we're missing in this. The Bible says you don't have to fight, but you have to station yourself. You have to show up for the fight. You don't have to fight. I'm the power. I I got all the muscle, but you have to show up. You don't have to fight, but you have to show up. You don't have to uh, exert any energy, but you literally have to be present. And this is, this is what I think we've gotten wrong over the years. We think you don't have to fight means you don't have to show up. And that's not true. Jehaziel said, station yourselves. Station yourselves. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. 17. Don't fear Jehoshaphat. He's talking directly to Jehoshaphat. Or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out to what? Face them. For the Lord is with you. You have to show up just like David. But you don't have to fight. The muscle is on the spirit of God himself. You have to show up. You have to show up. But God will take it from there. I feel like that's such a word because I think we're not showing up um, because we got it wrong. The Israelites had to walk through the Red Sea. They had to show up to the Red Sea. The Red Sea wasn't just going to evaporate forever. It was only open for a period of time. Um, you have to show up to the battle, but you have to trust when you're stepping into and showing up for the battle that the Lord is going to take the results and do whatever he wants to do with them for you. Okay. You have to show up. You have to make the phone call. You have to do the thing. You have to have the conversation. You need to, uh, talk to your kids, whatever it is that you need to do. You need to do. Jehoshaphat then bowed his head to the face of the ground and all of Judah And they worshiped the Lord. They rose early, verse 20, the next morning and went to the wilderness. Jehoshaphat said, listen to me, O Judah, I'm skipping. And inhabitants of Jerusalem, put your trust in the Lord, your God, and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. Skipping down. When they praised him, they gave thanks to the Lord. For his loving kindness, verse 22, when they began singing and praising the Lord, set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah. So they were rooted and basically they destroyed them completely. They had to show up. But the spirit of God met them there 
and gave them a different option that they didn't see before. I know I'm going a little bit long today, but I do want to get in this next this next piece. I'm going to I'm going to speed it up as much as possible. If you need to do a little pause and come back, that is 100% okay. Um, but I really do want to show you how that is how God came on one man. And in Acts 2, we see how God came on all men. Uh, the Spirit of God came on all men. Jehaziel, the Spirit of God rested on him in uh, Second Chronicles. And in Acts 2, when the day of Pentecost had come, they all were in one place. Now, I want to tell you this. Jesus was on the earth for 40 days after his resurrection. Don't take that don't take my word for it. It says it right here in Acts 1, 3. To these, he, Jesus, presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs appearing to them over a period of what? 40 days. I didn't make that up. It's actually in the scripture. And speaking of things concerning the kingdom of God. Okay. So Jesus is there. He ascends after 40 days. This is what he says after, right before he ascends. He says this, verse 1-8, but you will receive power, okay? He's about to ascend. You will, he's giving them a promise before he leaves, but you will receive power. Don't underestimate this. You're going to receive power. I know you don't want me to go, but listen, what did I say in John? I gotta go. I gotta go so the helper can come. You're gonna receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, even to the remotest part of the earth. You're about to receive power. Buckle up, buttercup. You're about to receive a power you've never known before. You've seen, but you haven't known. You haven't experienced. 10 days later, 50 days after Jesus' resurrection, is Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost had come, now Pentecost was a feast. Obviously we celebrate it because that's when the spirit of God literally came, but Pentecost was a feast. Verse two, and suddenly there came from heaven and suddenly, and then, then, and suddenly, then, and suddenly, then, and suddenly there came, there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting and they appeared to them tongues of fire distributing themselves and they rested where on each one of them in second chronicles we see the spirit of god coming to jehaziel the day of pentecost 50 days after the that's why it's so amazing 50 days after the resurrection the spirit of god came and rested where on each one of them and they were filled with the holy spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit was giving them utterance this is an amazing thing you guys now jesus had made good on his promise i gotta go because if i don't go the helper's not coming here we have 50 days after his resurrection, not just the spirit of God did just come on one of them. He didn't just come down on Peter. He came down on each one of them. Let me tell you something. Um, oh, I'm running out of time. He came down on each one of them. My husband went through a season where he looked at me one day and he said, I'm having really revival was happening in his life. 
It's a revival. I was watching it. I've been praying for it for a long time. I mean, my husband has always loved the Lord, but this is just one of those things that wasn't taught in his home church. So, like, you talk about the Spirit of God, you know, they basically banned you from the church. It was, like, ridiculous. Such bad theology. <laughs> Such bad theology. But he was getting to know this power of God that he had not never really tapped into as an adult. And he looked at me one day and he was saying how he had an experience with the spirit of God. And I was like shaking my head like, yes, 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 yes. Does that sound weird? No, it sounds normal. <laughs> sounds awesome. <laughs> and then he said, you know, I just feel so bad because for so long I thought that this was just for you. Like it was like a moment. Like I stopped talking. He stopped talking. We both looked at each other and I was like grieved. Because I think that's what the enemy wants us to believe, you guys. Oh, the Spirit of God, that's just for that girl. That's just for that preacher. That's just for my pastor. But that is such a lie. And read it again. And there appeared to them tongues as fire distributing on themselves, and they rested on each one of them. The beautiful thing about the resurrection of Christ is because is that Christ made good on his promise. You have the power available to eat. If you are each one of them, which you are, this power is available to you right now, today, right this second. It's available to you. I want you to understand that if you're weak, if you need help, and boy, did they <laughs> 50 days after the resurrection, Jesus is like, I'm going to make good on my promise about right now because they're about to go through some stuff and it is not going to be good. They were weak without him and he knew it and they needed help from him and he knew it. So he didn't wait that long, 10 days. After he ascended into heaven, just 10 days, he didn't leave them. The Bible says, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I'm going to come to you. And that's what he did on that day. Last verse, and then I'll be done. Romans 8, 11, I love this verse. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. As believers, we have access to this spirit. Let me read it again. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through him who dwells in you. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you. The same spirit that showed up at Pentecost that day in Acts 2, the same spirit showed up for Jehoshaphat and Judah in 2 Chronicles 20, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you. So don't underestimate that. It's so amazing that 
when all of this had uh, happened in Acts, you know, there's like this huge moment. The Spirit of God came. Peter gets up. You know, Peter, who 40 day, 50 days previous had been uh, denying Jesus, gets up and gives like the best sermon of all time. Uh, he gets up and they ask him, okay, okay, um, what shall we do? And I want to read this to you and then I'll, um, and then I'll be done. Now, when they heard to heard this, this is all in that same moment when Peter's preaching after uh, the spirit of God had come. Now, when they had heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brethren, what shall we do? Peter said to them, repent and each one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is for you and for your children, Jude. And for all who are far off, as many as the Lord, as our God will call to himself. I wanted to make that last point. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in you, according to Romans eight eleven. And here we have Peter saying, this spirit is available to you, to your children, and who all that the Lord our God will call to himself. It's available to you. The same spirit that totally destroyed Judah, the coalition against Judah is available to you. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is available to you. Do you underestimate him? Ask him. Ask him to come in like he did on that day of Pentecost. Suddenly. Ask him to come in like he did that day and come over Jahaziel, ask him. Let him show you how much he wants to help you in your weakness. Don't underestimate him. He is the good shepherd that knows how to fix, heal, and lead anyone, anywhere, at any time. Including my son to a woman who just lost her husband on Sunday at lunch. I hope this encouraged you today and I hope it gives you a good perspective. I feel so strongly like you guys just need to take a moment and say, Lord, interject yourself. Spirit of God, interject yourself in my life. Speak to me. Give me an option that my mom and my husband don't see and see what he does. Okay, I know this was long. I'm super, super sorry, but not so much because it was all the word of God and I really wanted to share. I'll be back for a very quick last segment after this break. I'll see you in a sec. Did you know that Autumn has many resources available to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God? By visiting autumnmiles.com, you can access them all. From there, you can find previous teachings under the podcast and media tabs, and you can order any one of the books Autumn has written. Her book, Appointed, will help you better understand that your significance is only found in God. While I Am Rahab beautifully conveys God's ability to redeem any situation you may have found yourself in. And if you want to add some heat to your prayer life and kick things up a notch, Gangsta Prayer is a book that will help you do just that. Again, you can find all these resources and more by visiting autumnmiles.com. Okay, guys, I am back. I know that was a little long, but you know what? It's important. It's important. I really do want you guys to have like a moment with the Holy Spirit. 
Um, I have a question for you guys. It's amazing. I'm Gangster Prayer OG. Someone got my book. <laughs> and love your books podcast, Jesus Initiative. I have a question for you. Now, this question is referring back to last week's podcast. Um, she says it's about underestimating Jesus. I hope you can shed some light on it for me. The word of God convicted me hard as I, like others, do tend to underestimate the power of Jesus, even though I believe, claim to have faith and have actually seen him moving and miracles in my life. My question is, when I'm praying for something, whether it be a financial need or healing in my life, how do I know if it's lack of faith on my part or underestimating Jesus? Or what if God isn't answering because it's just not part of his will or his plan? This is a great question. She's basically saying, how do I know? Like, how do I know if I should keep praying or not uh, praying? My answer to that is you have to ask the Lord. When you're asking, let's just say for a specific healing in your life, I would go before the Lord and say, Lord, is this what you want? And when I don't have full faith and when I don't have like perfect faith, I'll say, God, I'm weak. I need you to confirm that you are going to heal my arm. I need you to confirm that to me. And I will ask for a passage of scripture to confirm that he is in fact saying he will heal my arm, for example. And when he gives that, then that's what I would stand on, okay? I will also say this. Sometimes God does say no. He says no through a closed door. He says no through, you know, things that don't work out the way that you want them to work out. He says no. And that is something that he told Jesus. Jesus said, you know, can this cup pass for me? And God did not say yes to that. He clearly still wanted him to go to the cross. So if you're wondering, God, are you going to answer this prayer? I would ask him, just like Gideon did, to give you some sort of a fleece, some sort of a sign. It's not crazy for you to ask God to do that. Okay, you absolutely can do that. He wants to interact with your life. But sometimes if you see a closed door, if you if you sense that God is saying, move on, I've got something better for you than this yes would be. You have got to understand that sometimes he does say no in specific situations. I wrote a whole chapter about this in Gangster Prayer, the Gethsemane Prayer. I know that you've read the book. Refer back to that um, because if he says no, it's because there's a greater yes out there. And I've talked a lot of it, a lot about that. He has said no. I was telling my uh, Amanda this this morning, how many times he told Eddie and I know when in the adoption process. Um, there were several different opportunities and God said no every single time. And if he would not have said, we thought it was so mean. How could you say no? But if he wouldn't have said no, we literally would not have our children today. So now I'm so glad that he said no. Um, so if he shuts a door, you need to move on from the door and say, okay, I see that shut. So where is the greater yes that I talk about in the Gethsemane prayer, the submitting prayer? Sorry, I'm really tongue tied because I've done a lot of talking. I hope that helps. I hope that wasn't confusing. Ask for a verse for clarification if this is your promise to claim. If God doesn't give that to you, watch for a closed door. And um, if he gives you one, believe him. Believe him. The next thing is, what has God done in your life? I love this. Ever since the pandemic, my fear and anxiety have taken over my life. I've been to counseling, 
for a year and a half, a year and a half, my doctor prescribed me medication to regulate my anxiety. She says, it was completely taken over my life. I knew it wasn't just fear, but that I was really not putting my faith in the Lord. I put this podcast on weekly. Woohoo! And I've been reading my Bible, really trying to put into practice some of the things my doctor recommended. And after a year, I was able to lower my dose on my medication and soon I will be off completely. And I'll just have to say that is an amazing testimony. The word of God can do so much in us and through us and for us. And um, this is what's happening amongst our family, guys. Like God is healing And I'm so proud of you. That is an awesome, awesome testimony to the power of God. So thank you for sharing that, you guys. I know this was long today. I love you. Go check out our new website, autumnmiles.com. Follow on social, interact with us, send us a message of what God's doing in your life. Hello at Autumn Miles or just DM me on social. I love y'all so much. I will see you next week with a brand new episode of the Autumn Miles Show. I'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in to the Autumn Miles Show. Be sure to follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube to stay connected and in the loop with what's happening with the ministry. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. AutumnMiles.com is also the place where you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. She is devoted to spiritually challenging people and the way that they think. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. Reach out today and book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Then scroll down for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next time for another episode of The Autumn Miles Show.